0: Welcome to the Big Three Podcast, a weekly podcast from Guyme Baptist Church, where we sit down and unpack three big questions raised from our Sunday sermon, because we believe that one of the spaces where faith can grow is in those small conversations about the big topics. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of The Big Three. I'm Matt Willis and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Jessica Baker. Welcome, Jessica Baker. Thank you very much. delightful to be <laughs> it here. It is delightful to be here, isn't it? <laughs> so much so. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a, like, I feel a little bit buzzed from oh. the weekend, uh, uh, uplifted. My love, cup overfloweth even. there a baptism There's <gasps> a baptism service on Sunday. We had six different people getting baptised across the day. Two people in the morning, Val May and Carolyn, these beautiful women who have Mm -hmm. just been following Jesus forever. Mm -hmm. And then we had four young adults. We had Georgia, Michael, Tiffany, and Logan Mm -hmm. getting Mm baptised on our PM service. And it just... Oh. So good. It sent me back. It's just it, it sent me back to my baptism. It just I had a little what a time. had a little flashback as it were, a little like recap. Um so tell me, like I know you got baptized I did. a hot minute ago. Mm. You know, five or so years ago, I think it was. Memory says six, yeah. seven, S- 12, How my marriage been? <laughs>
1: six, six years ago. What
0: well, you got married, and you felt like you needed to commit no, your life got- to the Lord. <laughs> I need Jesus for this.
1: <laughs> Other way around, I felt like I needed Jesus for the marriage, yeah, so I got, got baptized first, <laughs> and I was correct.
0: You- <laughs> the Lord was with me. <laughs> uh, but tell me, just like why did why did you get baptized? Because I mean, like you'd been a Christian. Well, you'd grown up in a Christian yeah, home. Yeah, sure, we could
1: call it a yeah. Christian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had grown up in a Christian home, and uh, I kind of felt like I was just playing the part. Well, quite well. Mm. Um, mm. But Oscar you- nominations <laughs> <laughs> was a fabulous Christian, um, but not so much inwardly, and didn't have uh, a relationship with God mm. or Jesus, um, and um, yeah, it was just kind of serving at church and and being judgmental and all those delightful things that Christians that aren't really Christians are. And, mm. um, and then found um, found Jesus maybe, like, properly, I would say, a year or so before I got married. And that was um, – there was a few things in my life that I really needed to address and stop what I was doing. And, mm. and yeah, it was kind of like, oh, I don't really want to because I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't want Jesus because I want to keep living my life. But um, – yeah, about a year or so before I got baptised, was like, actually, no, this is not fulfilling me and this is a trap and I felt
0: really lonely and
1: lost and, um, yeah, and so baptism was amazing. Mm. What a night.
0: And it is a night and, like, we get to just hear these incredible stories of the different ways in which... Jesus has kind of Shown up for people mm. And mm. And It's so interesting Like you kind of Talk about like I wanted to do my own thing But then realised That it didn't Kind of yeah. Fulfill Because So Mark Grader, Our senior pastor Then kind of Spoke on the night After we'd heard mm. Four in, Well six incredible stories Over the day um, And dunked a whole bunch Of people mm-hmm. um, Mark got up And and spoke from Luke 14 verses 25 to 35 On the cost Of what it is To be a disciple And that whole idea Of giving it all over yeah. and, and kind of A approached it from the perspective of like, hey, for you guys who have just been baptised, this is what this means. Like this is what Mm. this spiritual practice kind of represents. And so we're going to talk more about that message that Mark... Gave on Sunday and It was a cracker. It was a cracker. It was, like it was intense. It was intense. <laughs> yeah.
1: It was <laughs> one of those ones. That I love <laughs> that like
0: Jesus' is like, whoever
1: has ears, let them hear. I'm like, nah, I clearly don't have ears because I have no idea what that means. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh do not build a tower. Okay, okay. I'm trying to listen here, Jesus. Don't go to Help war.
2: a brother <laughs>
0: out. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> I'm trying. Yeah. I'm trying so hard. And then Mark just comes in with it and you're like, oh. There, so there Mark's is. got the ears Mark. <laughs> And
0: but then he could like And then he can give us like like the Yeah. Jesus for dummies. Yeah, like,
1: absolutely. <laughs> which is why
0: we have the big three, because we wanna we wanna keep that lesson going, we wanna keep the conversation mm-hmm. going. We wanna talk more about what it means to kind of surrender it all and, and I guess also like how that applies to baptism and mm-hmm kind of broaden our understanding of that so before we get mark in on the big three what are our questions for today jess
1: question one is why would jesus use language of hate when his ministry calls for love it's pretty hate heavy at the beginning of that you
0: know what does it say hate you have to hate your father and your mother your wife and your children your brothers and your sisters even yourself
1: He's not about yeah. the self-love <laughs> Yeah, <where's> in 2022.
0: <laughs> where's the ability to just like take a day yeah. like, <laughs> for me? <laughs> no deal.
1: No deal. So hopefully he can clear us up on that. And question two, what does it look like to give everything over to Jesus?
0: Mm. Do you know what? Like this is something for me as a young Christian, I really got like... Caught up on because mm, as like,
1: desire that's yeah. why it took me twenty one <laughs> years to get baptized because it's such a
0: Christian thing that we say like surrender it all yeah and then I remember like I have this such a vivid memory <laughs> of sitting in math and just being like so how am I giving this to Jesus yeah. <laughs> like I'd love to just give trig over like i <laughs> never have to deal with it again those little
1: cubes yeah. that the like the people who weren't that great at math got <laughs> like me you know those little cubes you got to play with I like, just like handful and take <laughs> them to <with> Jesus <laughs> yeah what you must have that been in probably like year seven, but it's, it is vivid in my mind. I don't know.
0: I was playing with the cubes in year two. Like
1: <laughs> <laughs> what math class were you in? <laughs> Not a great one. And so why don't do it now?
0: Anyway, but how yeah. do we give everything and over Christian to Jesus? Three.
1: <laughs> how does this all relate to the one-off practice of baptism?
0: Yeah. Boom. Cause I guess like, it was all very like, this is how you live life. But then baptism is this like one moment. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very different. Can
1: I just bring up, If anyone listening played with the cubes in high school, let me know. We see they weren't you. big cubes. They were like the little ones. No,
0: I know. They, they, they were units and then you got yeah. tens and then you got hundreds. That was definitely and in high got, school. No, mate. Like that was... <laughs> Absolutely a was. I'm, really, I'm so sorry. Mr. Cairns, please back me up on this. <laughs> I just... <laughs> No. Like that was when you were learning how to count.
1: <laughs> Maybe it was just me in the back corner with my cubes while everyone else was doing algebra. Oh my gosh. Okay. So
0: <laughs> my God. I can't contain myself. Well, that's that's going to come up multiple times I think this episode. We're going to come back to the cubes. Uh, but before we like Let's come back to Jesus. <laughs> yes. And and the man who will help yeah. us do that <laughs> is Mark Rieder, our senior pastor. Welcome <laughs> to the big Bar. Hi, yeah, Matt. Jeffs. Hi. And how are we today? Yeah,
1: we're great. Feeling real shamed over here. But <laughs> did they have the wooden cubes when you went through the no, education? They were wooden. They were colourful and opaque. Maybe we're thinking of different cubes.
0: Well, I, I mean, like that's we're just maybe we just went through school at different yeah, times. Maybe my private
1: they school yeah.
0: had uh, <laughs> <laughs> plastic cubes rather than wooden. But did you did you have counting cubes? Uh, no. 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 Oh, they
2: didn't need those no. Canada just you guys know how to count <laughs> it's something I don't know how many hockey pucks in a dozen like all that kind of stuff <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, Mark, so big, big day on Sunday mm. baptisms. Just try to bring us away from that, really. Please do. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's not <laughs> my strong suit, <laughs> Bring clearly. us back to
0: what we're here to discuss. I mean, what's your favorite part of a of a baptism service? It's all pretty amazing, but
2: yeah, I, I mean, it's it's listening to part of the story. Mm. You know, you, you only get a sliver of it, but it's it's always fascinating to me the the markers in people's lives that have kind of been the most significant. So when they're talking about, you know, their story and, you know, we had a couple of, um, you know, older women who, you know, um, I I don't know Carolyn's story as well, but Val May grew up in the Salvation Army, as she Mm. mentioned, and they don't practice baptism. And so Mm. it was never, I mean, I wouldn't say it was never an option, but it just wasn't something that was stressed. But then listening to her reflect on a life following Jesus and kind of just pulling just a couple of little Components I like, out, oh, it's yeah. interesting. Which ones stand out so strongly mm. for her, and you know, the same in the evening. Um, so it, it's that component, mm. you know. I think there's something really, um, really special about that, and yeah. uh, I think seeing friends and family who are there, mm. I think that this, that that's always really nice. You know, sometimes you get to interact a little bit with the families. I mean, sometimes you don't, but you know, just kind of seeing where some of these people have kind of come from and yeah. who's willing
0: to support them in those spaces. So yeah, like it's there's a lot to like. A lot it was a like vibe. Them. Yep. It was a vibe. I loved everything about it. <laughs> um, well, I think now we should just get into the big three.
1: top of the passage that was read, a whole lot of hate in there. Hate your mum, hate your dad, hate your <laughs> wife, hate your kids, hate yourself.
0: I, Sucks to be you. Flashbacks to like adolescent yeah, Matt Willis. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Angsty boy in Angst-y the corner team. with teen straightened hair. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, <laughs> that seems an absolute contradiction to, well, the Ten Commandments. Name, you know, on mm-hmm. your mother and your father. Just off the top of my head, that's what I can pull from the Bible. Um, so, why would Jesus use language of hate when his ministry calls for love?
2: Yeah. Well, Please I explain. mean, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that you know, uh, in like in Mark's account of the Gospels, um, he 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 goes to great lengths to kind of indicate that Jesus spoke all the time in parables, mm. right? And the kind of the heart of parabolic language is that it's indirect language. It's indirect speech.
1: Love that for us. Mm. Yeah. You Mm. know,
2: Uh, and uh, there was something then in it that I think evoked questions, you know? So when Jesus does that, you know, let those who have ears to hear, hear, Um, you know, when he says to his disciples who ask him like, why do you always speak in parables? And what was that parable about? He's like, you know, you've been given the secret of the kingdom, but to those on the outside, they're ever hearing, but never understanding. Mm. And it seems that the parable's, Kind of indicates something about the state of one's heart, right? So Jesus speaks in indirect speech, and those on the outside, quote unquote, listen and go, whatever. Like this, what's that all about? It's stupid, and walk yeah, away. Computer says no. Yeah. Whereas I think those whose hearts are soft, or you know, to mm. use the language of the parable of the soils, right, fertile soil, yeah, they kind of lean in and go, "What do you? What does that mean? Mm. Like what? What's going on there?" So it's not a matter of of getting it because the disciples seem Uh, regularly not to get it right away. It's more a matter of what you do with it afterwards, right? That's
1: delightful because... Little child, Jess, but also current Jess, and he's like,
2: "Oh my gosh, I don't understand.
1: I must not have the
2: spirit. What's wrong with my yeah, that's ears?" Right. That's right. Well, and, and, and I think that becomes the the critical piece, right? Mm-hmm. To listen and kind of go, "What? How do? How mm-hmm. does that? What does that have to do with the kingdom?" So, I think when when Jesus would have said something like that, I think many people in the crowd would have gone, "What?"
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like to your point. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, okay, I know that the language of the Ten Commandments is honour your father and mother, not love them. Mm. But hate is But not hate honoring. doesn't seem to fit with the, Yeah. you know, what do you mean? Like family is, you know, so important and, and, and all of those sorts of things.
0: And I reckon that in the- in Particularly the, within that cultural context, I think yes. you might have mentioned this on the- Yeah, I did. On I did. the weekend. Like family is important today. Like yep. we love family, but it was like the bedrock of how- yeah, your identity was, was formed yeah, and yeah, and how you were perceived within society.
2: Yeah. And it's probably that second part that's more important. Mm. I mean, because our identity is wrapped up with our families as well. Mm. Right. You know, one of the, um, one of the, I'll say joys of being like getting married, for instance, is realizing that your family is not normal. Right. Oh, <laughs> you yes. know, like, yes, yeah. you know, you just <laughs> kind of grow up kind of going, this is normal. And then you meet another family. You're like, why are you guys doing it like that? And then <laughs> there's that realization that actually that's probably a better way to do that. <laughs> you know, some of that kind of interaction. So I think our identity is still very much forged by our family, but mm. the perception of who you were in society is quite different. Mm. So, you know, I think in the evening I'd had a conversation with someone after the morning congregation, sorry, after the morning service who just kind of, you know, in our conversation had said that, you know, people didn't need to meet her parents to, to, know who she is yeah whereas in the ancient world that would have been a little bit more you know like it would have been oh you're the son of oh gotcha now i understand a little bit more about you whereas now people kind of meet us and they don't need to meet my family Mm. i mean if they do then great but they don't there's not that sense of i need to know where you fit um so yeah family was i think differently important Uh, And it was to be, and it still is. Um, But I think in the ancient world, a little bit differently again, like the the focus of loyalty, Mm. right? And so I think what Jesus is getting at is you need to be loyal not to your family, to whom your culture says Mm. you need to be loyal. You need to be loyal to me. Like I become family for you. Uh, And so I I think that's ultimately what Jesus was getting at. Mm. Um, And so the language is meant to – Startle to shock to, you know, uh, one commentator, you know, when I was doing some study in the parables, describe parables as discussion starters, mm. right? Like Jesus would tell the stories and then it's kind of like discuss. You know, and you're like, okay, what did Jesus mean by that? Because he obviously doesn't mean we should hate our parents and Mm. have some sort of, you know, deep loathing for our family. That doesn't line up with anything else in scripture. Um, But what, so what is he getting at? Well, what does it mean to hate your family and, you know, to turn your back on them and to not return to them and not look for identity and purpose? Like, Mm. okay, then we start seeing in the context of what Jesus is saying, like, he doesn't just say, hate your family. He says, if anyone comes after me, and doesn't you, you can't be my disciple, mm. right? So there's some. It's not just about how you engage with your family. It's about if you're going to follow me, then I become your source of identity. Yeah. Right? You're not the son of so and so, or the or the husband of such and such, or the father of. You mm. are follower of Jesus and that's basically all people need to know. And to Mm. understand you, they need to meet me, right, you know, in that kind of context. So I think that's ultimately why Jesus uses that kind of language. Mm. And I think Jesus often – I'm not that he was – like he wasn't a shock jock in the sense of trying to say things that just kind of, you know, spark a controversy. But I I do believe that he wanted to really – you know, and probably engage discussion, start discussion is probably too soft a term, right? But mm. somewhere in between there, to get people thinking about the kingdom of God and to get them thinking about what it meant to follow him and to use that indirect speech, I think is really quite powerful. Mm.
0: Um, mm. It's interesting because like, um, like, just in my life group last night, we were talking about re- how we read scripture yeah. and um, we we're doing a study on like, there's a four lens model and it's like the plain reading the allegorical reading the moral reading and the future reading i don't
1: know why you looked at me for reassurance. yeah (laughs) i I was like help me but you weren't there (laughs) um
0: but i think like you know Uh, like uh, as you were speaking i was like oh like we're we're looking for the we're looking for the moral principle in this we're also like he is speaking symbolically in a lot of ways i think sometimes we can we can take a passage like this and read it plainly and just kind of go oh i'm being told to hate but you've got to hold it up against the broader and wider teaching of jesus well
2: i think the plain reading though is 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 not just kind of the flat reading Mm. it's 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 understanding the the plain meaning in context. Yeah. Right? So it's where it's where identifying genre is so important, mm. right? Because if you read a parable like its history, you get for instance, you're gonna end up yeah you know, or if it's this is this is um that Jesus means this literally, that this is direct speech, mm. propositional language, like Jesus mm. is listing bullet points of what it means to be a follower, well, then you're going to get a very different reading. So yeah. I think the plain reading is in context. Yeah. Um, the allegorical reading tends to be like the, t- the reading within Scripture, you know? Yeah. You know, what does this passage, how does this passage connect to the rest of the story and all of those sorts of things? Um, and then, you know, the, the moral component mm. Yeah, it's a little bit, um, I would almost say it's almost the application component. Mm. Um, you know, what What are we taking away from this and those yeah. sorts of things. So, yeah. Yeah, nice. No, yeah. That's an interesting, it's a, it's an old way to read. Like, not in, in sense that it's bad, but like it's been around for a long, time. No, time. Yeah, it's the time.
0: way the... Jews used to... Well, it's based off the way the Jews used to read Old Testament I believe prefer. so, yeah. Oh, well, that's yeah. what the person on the video told okay. me last night. There last you night. go. I'm just well, telling I you what I've been told, Mark. I wouldn't that's want to question the video. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it was on TV. It must be true. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> well, That's good. Well, let's get on to question two. Um, so, Mark, so... Pretty much if we if we boil it all down, what Jesus is saying is, and you kind of said this in the first question, like everything else needs to be secondary. Mm-hmm. I need to be primary. Yep. That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus. That's what it means to be one of my disciples, that you're um, giving everything of yourself to me, mm-hmm. which is a notion that I don't think is um, like – it's not an unknown notion within Mm -hmm. the Christian faith. I think, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we hear it in church, we hear it in community and we, we read it in scripture. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But then like it it has kind of become one of those Christian cliches. Mm -hmm. So like for anyone, whether it's someone who, you know, just got baptized on Sunday and is starting a, a journey of faith or who's been following Jesus for years, How do we actually, like, what does it look like to give everything over to Jesus? Because it seems very broad and very big and very unobtainable almost. Yeah. Yeah,
1: hard to do. (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, I think you know, one of the things that kind of caught me by surprise when I was looking at the passage, as I tried to kind of make clear in the message, is is those two little parables that Jesus follows up with, you know, the mm. building the tower and the going to war piece. And then his saying that in the same way, <laughs> those who don't give up everything. And I was mm. like, what? Those parables mm. have nothing to do with giving up anything. Mm. They have to do with building things or going to war and shame and ridicule, so shame and honor and, mm. and all those sorts of things. Mm. And, you know, so I think that, and and so what, what I was really struck by is that those two parables seem to me to mm. fill in the definition of the everything Jesus is talking about. And what he's talking about is not everything in the material sense, Mm. but he's talking about like the core values of – that society Mm. right that whole language of this is what you ought to seek because it's worth finding Mm. right so in the ancient culture i mean there's there were lots of messages but you know one of the most prominent was you should seek honor it is worth finding you should avoid shame right it is worth avoiding yeah Yeah. we've all watched
1: milan we know (laughs) (laughs) it's all about the honor and the (laughs) shame. That's my uh, scripture I'm getting. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that, that's the scripture. <laughs> right, here's some cubes. Play with those. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I just had to, had to come back to it. It's true. It's true. It's true. <laughs> and it won't be the last time. Um, and I think sometimes though that we, we end up then thinking about the things that we're to give up. And that obviously gets really tricky. You know, Jesus mm. says things like, you know, sell everything you own and give it to the poor. And we're like, what, really? Mm. And, you know, Christians, I think, have grappled with that through the, yeah. through the generations about did Jesus mean that literally? Mm. Does he mean that we should be willing to? Does he mean for some? Like, and part of the difficulty of giving up everything is that so much of our lives are wrapped up with things, Right, Mm. Um, Like it's all well and good to say, sell everything you own and give it away. But where do you live? And where do you send your kids to school? And Mm. can you have a car? Like all the kind of those things of life Mm. that are kind of, well, they're they're just really necessary. They're just important components of what we do. And while there's an element, I think we need to be very thorough thoughtful and more thoughtful than we often are about Mm. where we Mm. live and the cars we drive and the holidays we take and all those sorts of things. Mm. I think there's scope for us to think about that. If we reduce it to the things, then I think we open ourselves up to legalism in a very particular way. Yeah. Right. So, you know, well, you don't give as much as I give, so therefore you're not as holy as I am or Mm -hmm. you know you live in a bigger house than I do so obviously you weren't thinking about what Jesus had to say or whatever Mm -hmm. the case might Mm -hmm. be we get very comparative and that's I think uh, that that sits at the very heart of legalism I want to kind of tick the boxes and then I can Mm -hmm. compare my list to everybody and see how everyone measures up against me rather than how we measure up against the the standard we're called Mm to so I think there's something really quite profound about thinking about the everything not Mm -hmm. as things but as those values that we are called to pursue. Mm-hmm. Um, because that, I think, changes the nature of the conversation a little bit yeah. because it starts begging the question, so what are the cultural values that we're told that we ought to pursue? What is What does our culture tell us is worth finding, Yeah. right, and therefore worth seeking? Um, and then we need to compare that then with what Jesus says. Like what's actually worth seeking and finding? Well, it's the kingdom, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it's you know that relationship with God. It's that reconciliation. It's that that life that's willing to sacrifice itself for those. Like it's all of those sorts of things. That's yeah. what's valuable. Yeah. Um, and so that, and I think that has a, a far more profound impact on our lives, mm. right? And it gives us a different it gives us a different approach to how we handle things, mm. right? How we handle everything that we might face because we're asking the questions about what are the values and why am I pursuing this, mm. right? Um, you know, I think, you know, to some degree, when Jesus says you know, elsewhere, you know, ask and seek and knock, right? Mm. Seek the kingdom of God first, and all these things will be added to you. Uh, And I'm not sure, that's not a promise to say that if you seek the kingdom first, then God will bless you with all the stuff. Um, But I think there's a sense that if we are valuing the things of the kingdom, then those other things will... are more likely to be in the right perspective, Mm. right? You know, so wealth, instead of being the thing that we're seeking... Because it's the thing that we believe is worth finding. It's something that happens to us. Yeah. Right. Because we've got a job. Mm -hmm. And so we get money and we use that money to make investments and we, you know, and we pay off our mortgage and we send our kids to school and we do all those sorts of things. But it's not the thing we're seeking. Mm -hmm. It's been added. But what I'm seeking is the kingdom. And so I think that that's what struck me out of the passage. And mm. so it, it's still, like, it feels a little bit fresh for me. Mm. Um, you know, I do love the way Scripture always surprises far out. Like, the number of times I've read that passage and it never occurred to me to kind of look at what Jesus actually says in the whole point of comparison and mm. going, wait a minute,
0: <laughs> yeah, this
2: isn't about counting the cost at all. Mm. You know, like, we're not, not in the way that we would traditionally think about it. Mm. So I think that the idea of trying to expose the cultural values that our world says this mm. you, should, you should seek this first and foremost And i think jesus is saying no yeah no if you want to know what to seek and what is worth finding then you need to follow me you need to follow me you need to take your cues from me mm. i'll tell you what's worth finding it's not honor it's not mm. the avoidance of shame right i'm going to be Mm. I'm going to suffer a really humiliating death and I'm good with that because I don't believe that the avoidance of shame is the, is the sum core of my life. Mm. And I don't believe that the gaining of honor through the means that you might normally find it. Mm. It's not my, it's not my modus operandi. If I'm going to be honored, it's going to be by my father. And what my father honors is obedience and faithfulness, not, (laughs) Building great things, or being a lovely person, or being yeah. wealthy, or having the right family—like whatever—and mm. so I think Jesus is challenging us to take our our values and our our cues from Him mm. rather than from our culture, mm. which is really challenging.
0: Yeah, it, like <laughs> I, just as you were speaking, I was like, well, actually, it—you can understand where. And how legalism just kind of made its way into the church because it's actually so much easier to just oh. give up a thing and just kind of go, well, this thing is bad, so just don't, yeah. don't have it, don't participate in yeah. it, yeah. and then you can just sever the tie and then be yeah. like, oh, well, I'm I'm good, I'm safe, I'm yeah. I, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. What you're actually talking about is this ongoing, uh, like everyday practice of kind of re-evaluating what is motivating me yeah. what my how my desires and my own personal goals are shaping my mm-hmm. choices and yep. shaping where I put my focus and my attention and yeah. that's like that's hardcore self-awareness hard. <laughs> like- yeah well and it's it's that whole like legalism is a
2: is a, is a shrivelled and reductionist way of life, mm. right? Because not only, you know, is it easier, but it also means I can be done. Mm. I've given this away. I don't have that kind of car. I don't have that kind of whatever it is, like you name it. I don't do, or I do, or whatever. Once I've done that, I'm done. Yeah, And it disconnects my lifestyle from my heart, mm. requires no more for the reflection. I've just done what I needed to do, or I've avoided what I needed to avoid, and we're good to go. Yeah, But I think, you know, to be to be in the world but not of the world. Mm. Right? Because mm. we're in the
1: world. Constantly check your heart and Constantly like, check your heart. Oh, okay, I've just been accumulating wealth on the side, but has it now become my priority? Yeah. You know, and consumed me? Yeah. yeah.
2: Mm. And you know, our culture is such a loud and constant yeah. voice. Yeah. Right? Reaffirming and re like, and it's insidious, mm. you know? And so you can end up you know, just trying to make good decisions with your life, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and you can end up in that situation where suddenly it's like, oh, I need to check my heart on this one. Mm-hmm. I reckon I've gotten a little bit too stitched into the, the values of the world. I reckon that what I'm seeking in my life, the things that I am now trying to find, I'm trying to find in a way other than the kingdom and other than Jesus. And that that's that ongoing, as you say, that life that life-changing, Permanent touch point of kind of going, okay, I'm in the world, great. How do I just make sure that I'm hearing Jesus Mm. and not being just super influenced by my world, which tells me this is what you ought to seek? Yeah, right. And you know, while a number of the things that the world tells us to seek are not inherently evil or morally wrong, Mm. they can they can lead our hearts to place our trust in things other than God. Right. Like, mm, mm. you know, it's the cl- the classic is, you know, is wealth, you know, is having money a bad thing? <laughs> no. Is it spiritually dangerous? Yes. Mm. That's, that's the lesson of scripture, right? right? That it'll just, it'll lead your heart away. You start to become very independent. You start saying, hey, I've done this on my own. Look at me. Yeah. You know, and I provided for myself and you find security in your wealth rather than, in you know, like, in yeah. it, and it just, and it's really insidious. I don't think there's kind of a decision you make on one Tuesday to kind of go, I'm done trusting God. I'm going to trust wealth. Yeah. I think it, you know, just happens over time. And all of a sudden there you are kind of going, oh, wow, this has become way more important. Yeah than it used to be. Mm. What's mm. So I think, you know, I think that, and that challenge of following Jesus then becomes very cult, uh, counter-cultural yeah, as absolutely. well. And it cuts against even the religious teaching of the day, mm. right? Where Jesus is not interested in, like, again, it's fascinating what's not in these little parables, mm. right? Mm. It's not, you know, you don't have to know a bunch of stuff. You don't have to believe a certain certain things. Um, you don't have to live a particular way. He doesn't even deal the whole, you must be, you know, as he says elsewhere, you know, your your righteousness must exceed that of the Pharisees. Mm. He doesn't talk about if you're going to come to me, you have to obey the law like 100 out of 100. Mm. Mm. No, nope, that's not it. You've got to look to me for your values. You've yeah. got to look to me for what's yeah. important. you got to look for me to what you're seeking and what you're seeking to find. And, mm. and so I think, you know, now again, Jesus isn't trying to say everything about his ministry in this one instance, but to a group of people who are following him and traveling with him on the road to Jerusalem where he is going to die. Wow. Yeah. Th- I think that, that's, the, that's the piece within it. So. Okay, yeah. so I think we have to redefine what everything means mm. and stop looking at it strictly as things Yeah, and look at it more as that cultural value piece. Mm.
1: He's got ears. Yeah. He's <laughs> got ears, doesn't
2: he? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the thing about scripture though, right? And, and, and one of the reasons I love teaching it because it's 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 living. It's the living word of God. Mm. Right? It's the living word of God, uh, and uh, you know I think the part of the challenge is to allow it to be always living. And in lots of ways, it's less about. You know I think I think the the most fun I have is when you can actually kind of pull the curtain aside and kind of go look look at this yeah look at this living thing look, yeah. look at this this word that's. Always challenging, so I think there's something really fascinating about how the word Mm. shapes us in that sense. Mm. So, anyway, that was a random thought. It's good. good. Well,
0: let's get on to question three.
1: All righty, Mark. Bring us back. How does this relate our discussion today in this passage that you picked, and how does it relate
2: to one-off baptism? Mm. Yes. now we've covered baptism, haven't we?
0: We did a fourth question a couple of years ago now, I would say. So it's episode 60 on okay. the Big Three podcast. We where could probably we
1: look back at it then. <laughs> 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 that's a long time ago. All I'm saying is
0: for anyone who wants a more detailed oh, wow. kind of Go exploration of what baptism is and the significance yeah. of baptism, they could Here's probably one we prepared earlier. Here is one we prepared <laughs> well, earlier. Right, that's
1: question three done and
0: dusted. <laughs> <laughs> Footnote She's
1: clearly
2: not an avid listener of the podcast. Well, I think that, you know, like I made, I made the reader's digest version. Well, like I think the simple component is that, you know, as I said in the message, that, you know, to to give up everything, as we've just been talking about, is that day by day. You Mm. can't just do that once and go, yep committed to following Jesus and I'll I'll think about it later. Nope, got to be got to mm. be thinking about it all mm. the time and uh, making it a very regular part of our spiritual formation. Um and baptism therefore I think, you know, as it, as it I think at its heart, you know, the symbolism of baptism I think is what mm. connects us to that, right? Um you know, so there's both you know, like there tends to be a few things that people talk about in relationship to baptism, right? That it's symbolic of the cleansing of sin, right? Yep. That whole, you know, the washing in water piece. Mm. There's the symbolism, particularly, you know, as as Baptists would practice baptism of, you know, full immersion of the kind of, uh, being buried in the water and mm. being raised to life. So that kind of connection of, you know, the new birth that we have, yep. dying to the old self, raising to the new, mm. the um, the association with Jesus in that very strong way. And then the third, there's kind of a sense of, um, I guess of, of a commitment to, to a particular cause or a particular way of life or yeah. a, like a commitment to a task. So when you think back about why Jesus was baptized, well, he wasn't baptized because he was... Sinful, mm. so that wasn't the reason he was baptized, and he hadn't died and raised, raised and been raised to life yet. So that was kind of a moot point. Yeah, but there was a sense for Jesus that when he was, um, when he was baptized by John, right, who's this prophet of the Lord announcing the coming of the kingdom, that there was a sense that Jesus is committing mm. to that mission. Yeah, right and i think you know for for us as we're baptized i think baptism contains all three of those components and i think that particularly the last to speak quite profoundly into the giving up of everything, right? So the, you know the cleansing of sin, I suppose, does in the sense that we want to set aside the things that we used to seek. Yeah, you know, uh, and commit ourselves to seeking the values of the kingdom. That the idea that we've died to our old self is theoretically the basis for why we want to live this new life in the first place, mm. right? We've died mm. to our culture. We've died to the things that you know everyone mm. else tells us we want to do. And but there's the commitment to the to the cause and the purpose and the values and the priorities of the kingdom. Mm -hmm. You know, that there's a sense of saying I'm getting baptized because I want I'm following Jesus. And that commitment is something that I want to kind of play out in my in my life. I think there's, you know, I remember years ago, uh, um, I may have shared this before, but. Had a, had a young person who'd been baptized, I don't know, two or three years prior saying, say to me, oh, can I get baptized again? Because I just, I feel like I understand so much more. Yeah, wow. And, and you know, at one level, I like, completely related to them. Like, mm. you're like, yeah, you, know, you get baptized relatively young. And then, you know, a few years on, you're like, Shh, truth. Like, you know, like, yeah, I... I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. You know, and so there's that real sense of can I like can I do it again? Mm. And, and I just you know part of our conversation was well that's a bit of a slippery slope. Yeah, once mm. a week that yeah, like we'd be having <laughs> baptism done. services every single Sunday, yeah. and people would be just kind of renewing it, kind of going oh like. And so I think there is something about that kind of one-off, mm. you know, kind of commitment to it. But I think the conversation that I had with this person was I think an indicator that we do want to be that that regular recommitment mm. of of our baptism and we we tend not to do we don't we don't do very well with kind of the reminding people of their baptism. Yeah. Right? Like, I think that's that's one area where we tend to kind of trip up a little bit mm. in the sense of we it's, it's one and done and we never talk about it again. Yeah. You know, but you think about marriage, right? Like, you have your marriage vows, but then every year there's, you know, it's your anniversary. You remember when you got married mm. and, you know, you might not go over the vows again because that's a little bit weird, but, <laughs> you know, but there is that sense of, hey, I don't know what we do. Yes. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> you know, so, you know, but there is that sense that. That reminder, and you kind of think there'd be something valuable about marking our baptism or mm. remembering those promises that we made. You know, to turn away from a particular life and follow mm. Jesus, and to place our faith in Him, and to do that within the life of the church. Like, there's something about that recommitment and reminding ourselves: this is mm. the stuff that you that you've set about to do. That I think would be valuable. Mm. So, I think that that's. That's kind of where I think this fits with baptism yeah. as a whole. Um, why it's appropriate to talk about that at a baptism service yeah. and, and probably more frequently mm. as well. So
0: yeah, just an aside, um, the date of my baptism is my wedding anniversary. Really? Yeah. Well, that was well planned. Uh, well yeah, it was kind of cute. Would cause... have been a long wedding? Well <laughs> 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 And just as a little aside, um, my wife got baptized the same night as I did. We were not together. <gasps> And then I think wholesome. it was like three or four years later we were married. Uh, wow. Yeah. So and wow. didn't realize it was like five years into our marriage. Well, I think I found my baptism certificate uh, and I was like, oh,
1: what a vibe. <laughs> <laughs> it makes it less meaningful.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so
0: she was not on this, like on the same night or on just yeah. on the same date? No, no. On the same. So we got baptized on the same night here, here? At, here at GBC. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And you weren't, you weren't dating? We, we were you saw not in a little what? wet
1: white uh, number and you're like... <laughs> i might marry that girl
2: so really
0: that's yeah no i mean you took that subway i mean the place you probably took it on that night uh, as well was uh, uh, <laughs> no, i was having a spiritual moment thank you very much yeah,
1: uh, true true <laughs> and now on your wedding anniversary which one do you think about your wedding or your baptism <laughs> now you've got to think of both
0: Okay, well, uh, it's or all three.
2: Oh, oh gosh, <laughs> that was like well planned,
0: if nothing else. So,
1: look, I'm a sucker for an anniversary, so I've got to find out which date I was baptized. Well, it's our too. anniversary
0: in a few weeks' time, so Jeez. I'll let you know <laughs> what comes to mind on that day. <laughs> <laughs> it's also it's our carols event, <laughs> so like a lot's oh, going on that, that day. That is a busy day. <laughs> wow, so it's a full moment. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez,
2: there's planning and then there's planning. Yes, yeah,
0: yeah, so. very Jeez. good. Anyway, well, I feel like we're digress from the (laughs) the question but um yeah i mean like i've we love baptisms Mm. i love i love hearing like you said mark i love Mm. hearing the stories but i think i think you're right i think this is a is this kind of passage this kind of teaching of jesus is a helpful one for us to remember that um you know, baptism, yes, it's it's a moment. Mm-hmm. It's a moment in our journey where we declare mm-hmm. what what we're committing to and, and what has happened, but we can't just kind of it's not one and done. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. ongoing, it's mm-hmm. everyday, it's in the big and the little yep. choices, it's in that, you know, prayerful personal reflection about what is guiding my heart, what is um determining my steps and mm-hmm. and you know, in that moment on that day, I made a declaration that I was going to follow Jesus. Mm. And every day I need to remind myself mm. of that declaration and seek to do it. Mm. Yeah.
1: And around the time of your baptism, you're like so on fire. Like even like in the buildup, you do that in course or like you're thinking about it. Mm. You're like, yes, this is my public declaration. The night is so like amazing. And all your friends and family are there. And to like reflect and think like, how on fire am I now? Mm. Like, where am I at? It obviously you can't kind of sustain that level, mm. but like, am I still learning? Am I still seeking? Mm. And, and mm-hmm. yeah, where am I at with that?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, it was one of the really, it was really lovely having, you know, we mentioned it a couple of times, but we, those, those kind of the, the elderly women mm. share their testimony because there was mm. something really profound about, you know, having followed Jesus mm. And, yeah and this
0: was not the beginning of their story
2: no so I thought that was I was a wonderful example mm. um, you know it's never too late to be baptized mm. I suppose but there was there was something it just changes the dynamics of the mm. of the baptism a little bit in mm. the sense that yeah this is this is a symbol of what I've been doing yeah um, you know for a life and I think that's been yeah I
0: think that was great yeah it's great so.
1: if you weren't at the morning service the YouTube, um, sermon, like yes. Has it on so you can
0: watch. head to our YouTube channel, and yep. you can see the morning. Yeah. baptisms mm-hmm. and if you want to hear the message from the pm yes that's on our regular gbc sermon podcast mm-hmm. that's it that's it
1: lots of work for you guys to do during the week oh, gotta gosh. go back to episode 60
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. homework homework <laughs> homework for the big three <laughs> get your cubes out <laughs> people are like i'm never tuning in again <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right
2: listenership falls <laughs> what happened we well we signed some homework <laughs> no one came back
0: <laughs> well mark as always thanks so much for joining us no, That's very good, good fun.
2: Thanks guys. See ya.
0: Jessica, Jessica Baker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like like it, this was a cool episode because we're we were doing it on the sense of hey, we just had these baptisms and we just, you know, mm. there are these beautiful displays of people making a stance for Jesus. Um and then there was this message that actually doesn't just apply to them; it applies to everyone. And there's so much for us to learn in it. So I just feel like we've just—it's just all happened. Um, it's just—I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm having a moment. <laughs> um, what, like, what stood out for you in all of that?
1: I think what stood out is the question you asked me initially of like, why did you get baptised? Because
0: oh, we're... We've gone full circle.
1: We're <laughs> right in it. I actually don't think about it. Mm. Like I like a baptism service. I love seeing other people declare, but do I sit there and go like, ah, remember the night <laughs> that I gave like committed my life to God in front of people? And no, I don't. Mm. And so that was a really cool discussion of like, actually, we should be thinking about this yeah. and it should be a regular thing, like recommitting, okay, those vows that i took like how what do they mean to me now am i Mm. am i in line with that and yeah i just thought that was really interesting that was like oh
0: yeah yeah (laughs) that moment of like kind of just taking stock and Mm. just kind of going okay like yeah where am where am i at Mm. um on that journey and living out that declaration kind of like what mark was saying how you know some people have been like oh i've learned so much more i almost want to yeah i want to do it again um I mean, we can also kind of go, Oh, like where did that fire go? Like, mm. cause like I was the same, like I was 19 when I got baptized mm. and um, yeah, like I still remember like this, the surreal kind of spiritual moment where you were just like, man, this is, mm. this is intense and this is incredible and kind of lights a fire in your belly and you kind of go out from there and, and then life happens. And it's like, mm. Oh, actually like, yes, life happens, but I want to sustain that. Mm. I want to keep that flame going and, and, and that takes work.
1: Yeah. I, I want to be 80 something and look back on my life and go, uh, yeah, that was the point I got baptized, but look at me, follow God mm. and the steps that mm. I took yeah, yeah. for him.
0: That would yeah. be cool. That would be cool. Mm. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, check in for that episode yeah. of the big three. <laughs> episode 2000. <laughs> uh, well, as always, it has been a pleasure, my friend, and um, I'll catch you next
1: week. See you next week.
0: If you want to be a part of the conversation, head to slido.com, a live forum where you can submit your own questions or upvote someone else's. Then listen out in new episodes for the answer. Check our show notes for the Slido code. Today's episode was in response to the sermon preached at Guyme Baptist Church during our Sunday services this past weekend. You can listen to that message again through our regular GBC Sermons podcast. You can also listen to the We Are The Church podcast where we hear the stories of faith from those within our GBC community. You can find both of those podcasts on iTunes and Spotify. Thanks for joining us for this week's Big Three and our deep dive into God's invitation for us all. Remember, there's no thought too small, no question too big.